I mentioned earlier in our community life section that we're having the marriage date night next Saturday. And marriage are interesting things that take constant work to make sure we don't get in bad habits. But I think if you've been married long enough, you know bad habits have a way of creeping in. And one of the things I've done when I've worked with couples, uh, whether engaged couples doing pre-marriage prep or couples that are struggling, is I encourage them to compliment each other every day, to praise one another for something. And some couples get what this means, and they're just great at it. Others, well, the encouragement and compliments and praise are interesting. Let's take a look at what I mean by looking at one couple. Oh, honey, I just love it that you're so good with numbers and that you take care of paying on the bills so that I could just go and spend money on me. My pleasure. Oh, darling, I just love it how you clean the bathroom constantly for us, even though we make most of the mess. Thank you so much. I just love to make you happy. Oh. Honey, I just love when you do the laundry and I can just go put up my feet and read my book. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. <sighs> Technically, that's praise and compliments. But do you notice something with each of them? They were all about them. It was all about themselves. Each praise in that video was more about the person praising and what they received than actually about the other person. Is that how we praise our spouse? Is that really how we show we love our spouse? Of course not. I think if we did that, our spouse would have something to say more often than not. Praise focuses on the other person and not on ourselves. And no, the, those in the video were not serious. Those are dear friends of my wife and I. Um, who agreed to have some fun and help me out by videoing that. We thought better not to use somebody in the actual church. <laughs> when we really praise someone, we say things like, my wife has the most beautiful and incredible smile. Or my wife is the most amazing mother. Or I love how my wife just cares for those around her who need caring. Or I think my wife is gorgeous. I think my wife has an incredible gift for music. I think my wife sacrifices so much for so many others. And yes, if you didn't get it, those are all personal examples. <laughs> my wife's going to have a talk with me afterwards, I think, about embarrassing her. No. I love you, dear. And I find it very easy to praise my wife. But sometimes we get in habits of just getting in our own groove, don't we? Praise is not about us. Praise is about the other person. Yet how do we praise God? God, I love you because you did this for me. God, I love you because you provided for me. God, you are so great because you healed me. 
God, you are so amazing because you comforted me. Those are prayers of praise I hear at times when we have times of prayers, times of prayer. And I think those prayers are all wonderful prayers, to be clear. But are they prayers of praise or prayers of thanksgiving for what he did for us? And both are important. We should be thankful to God. But praising God is a little different than giving thanks to God. Now, this is not a clear black and white line. There's a lot of overlap between praising God and giving thanks. And, and they're all important. We praise God for his incredible salvation. And we thank God for saving us from our sins. These are things that we do. And scripture gives us lots of wonderful examples of praising God. We read things in the Psalms like, My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That's from Psalm 57. Or we can read elsewhere. Shout for joy to God. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. All the earth bows down, bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. So how do we praise? In the sermon series, we're looking at the role of the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to explore the Holy Spirit as exalter. The Spirit is the one who glorifies Jesus, who nurtures in us praise. And I want to be upfront. I never preach a sermon someone else wrote. I've heard of pastors who do that. I don't quite get it. Though today, I would have been tempted to just quote the great Charles Sermon, who wrote a beautiful and insightful sermon about the Holy Spirit glorifying Christ just over a hundred years ago. I would love to have come up here and just said, and I quote, and then preached the whole sermon, but I could not do Charles Spurgeon any justice. And I suspect if you know that sermon or if you read it and li or listened to it, you'll see some of his influences of what the Spirit put on his heart to share back then. Uh, probably reflected in my message today, just to be upfront. I believe the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus so we know who Jesus is. And so we can also lift up Jesus and worship him for who he truly is. In this, both our thanksgiving and our praising God becomes more and more focused on God and less on us. It becomes more praise than just thanksgiving. The past weeks in this series, we've been working our way through a passage in John 16, and today's our last sermon on that passage, though not the last sermon in this series. Shane and Mary Jane read for us several verses from John 16, and I want to focus on one of them, verse 14. And in this verse, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit. 
And he says, He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. One of Jesus' prayers in the Gospel of John comes actually just after that in John 17, and Jesus prays to God the Father, saying, Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. So we see that Jesus glorifies the Father, and the Father glorifies the Son through the Holy Spirit. This is the work of the Trinity. What does that mean to glorify? Well, Jesus' prayer continues. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. That's from John 17. To glorify is to bestow honor and praise, to adore, to elevate. To glorify God, we exalt God. And the Holy Spirit is given to us to exalt Jesus, just as Jesus asked God to do. But John 16, 14 tells us that the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus because Jesus will give the Spirit all the things to make known about him. So the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus and glorifies Jesus by making things known to us. And so that's part of our, our discipleship journey is to learn these things, to know these things. And the Spirit works in us to do this. The Holy Spirit and exalts and glorifies Jesus, making the truth known to us so we can then be in a relationship with who Jesus is. During Jesus' ministry, he would go to those who were weak and sick. He'd seek out those the world rejected and glorified his Father and revealed who he was through teaching and miracles. But now with Jesus ascended to the Father, how are those who are weak and sick, those broken and caught up in sin, how are they supposed to know who Jesus is? Well, that's why the Holy Spirit is given to us. It's so we can all know who Jesus is. That's where the Spirit comes in exalting Jesus so we can know the truth of who Jesus is in. Our sin has blocked us from seeing the truth of Christ. It's the role of the Holy Spirit to come between us and Christ and glorify Jesus and remove any barriers from us knowing the glory of who Jesus is and through Jesus who God is as well. The Holy Spirit is there for us to know Jesus, no matter where we're coming from. We see the whole Trinity. Jesus glorifying the Father, the Father sending the Spirit to glorify the Son. We see the triune God completely at work, united, to save us as sinners and help us to know who God is. To glorify Jesus so we will follow Jesus and we'll worship Jesus and we'll live for Jesus. So we see the Holy Spirit takes the things of Christ and shows them to us. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit deals with the things of Christ. The Holy Spirit wants us to deal with the things of Christ. Why? 
because the things of Christ are far greater than the things of this world. And when we elevate in priority the things of this world, we are diminishing Christ and the witness of Christ in the world. We are diminishing the gospel. The Holy Spirit does not deal with science. The Holy Spirit does not deal with politics. These are things that are human things, not things of God. That doesn't mean they're not true. All truth is God's truth. But the fascination with them can overtake our love of God. Our fascination with what we think is knowledge, the things that we think we learn, the things we put a strong focus on, whether good or bad, depending on our perspective, can overtake our perspective of who God is and, and take our focus off of Jesus. We're in a season that's like this right now as a church. And I want to be clear. I think science is valuable. I think there's a lot of value in it, especially in the season we're in. And I think politics has got a place. But the things of the Spirit are not human things. They are the things of Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is nurturing in us, is the things of Jesus. So our focus is on Christ, because the things of Christ are greater than the things of the world. So you've heard me say, that during the season, we've got two goals as a church. One is to respect governing authority, because Scripture calls us to, and to stay united as, as a church. So when Scripture tells us, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established, and that's from Scripture, why does it tell us this? This was written when one of the most corrupt, evil governments in history was in power. And it's telling us to submit to it, to respect it. It's because the things of this world, such as politics, are below Christ. The Holy Spirit wants us to elevate Christ above the things of this world. So the Spirit, we're, we're being told, is follow the Spirit. Do what the government tells you so as not to distract from Christ. By respecting the governing authorities, we're not agreeing with them. But we're not allowing that to become a greater focus over Christ and the gospel. We're not elevating those issues or leaders or topics over top of Christ. Literally, the governing authorities are below Christ. But when we elevate those topics and those issues over top of Christ, we are diminishing the gospel. And we're diminishing the witness of Christ in this world. And that should be very concerning to us. Whatever side you are on on the issue of COVID, and we got what a range in this church. <laughs> Another reason why we want to stay united as a church is keeping our eyes on Christ, because that's what unites us. And I suspect there's a dozen other topics if we get into we'd be disagreeing on as well. Right? It's just COVID's the handy one right now. So we stay in Christ. But I have a friend. Is it being whether to share this or not? So I'm trying to be careful how I share this. Who's a pastor? And his church is now embroiled in a lawsuit with a provincial government in Canada over restrictions. 
because he believes our right to gather has been impeded. And he's upset over the COVID rules. Now, I actually agree that our freedom to worship has been impeded. I think that's a very clear thing, that we have that right in the Constitution, in our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That's, that's all there. However, there's also allowances for things like COVID for those rights to be imposed upon. But we're called to submit to the governing authorities with wearing masks. We're required to submit to them with our attendance tracking for a while and our, and our number limits in houses, all these things, right? And some of us are saying, yes, this is great. We need more. Some of us are saying, this is ridiculous. I don't want anything to do with this. Well, my friend's church is right smack dab in the middle of it. And I have not seen one thing about Jesus in all their communication. And I've watched the response of the world to his church and other churches like it. And there is not one person that I have seen drawn to faith by this. I've not seen one person say, wow, they're standing for their convictions. Wow, I want to learn more about Jesus. I'm not seeing that. And here's why. Because we're not being persecuted. The only time we go against the governing authorities is when we are called to deny Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we've not been asked to deny Christ as our Lord and Savior. The day we do, I'm first in line. I will not deny my Savior. But when we get caught up in the issues of this world and that becomes our priority, our focus, we're grieving the Holy Spirit's work in us to exalt Christ. Instead, we're exalting these worldly issues. We're making it more about the world than, our, than, than Christ. Christ calls us to do what? He calls us to love God with all that we are, with our whole life, every bit of us, and to love our neighbor as ourself. That is what we're called to be and to do in this season. We're called to share and proclaim the truth of Christ to the world and make disciples. That calling has not changed because there's a pandemic. There is more of a need now to love our neighbors than ever before. And when we get sidetracked with discussions of local politics and science and all these things, when these things become the focus of our energy and time, it is taking our eyes off of Christ, at least in the world's perspective. So whatever side you're on, we need to be exalting Christ. The Spirit wants to work in us to exalt Christ to set our focus on that and help us live a life for Christ that glorifies Christ as well. And I hope that's what we do. That we obey Scripture's call on us to respect governing authorities. 
I hope we respect Scripture's call to be united in Christ. I hope we respect Christ's call to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. I hope. I hope we let the Spirit be at work in us so we can be that. And as we do that, the Spirit is exalting Christ, revealing Christ to the world around us even, glorifying Christ. You'll notice that the Holy Spirit makes known the things of Christ to you, to each of us. Not to me, the pastor, over each of you, and then I get to share it with you. Not to the Pope or any religious leader. Not to your favorite author or podcast speaker. Not to the megachurch pastor over you. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God through Scripture, prayer, the community of faith to each of you, to each of us. This is the discipleship journey. And these things, knowing the truth of Christ, it's a journey of lifetime to learn all of them. None of us are there. And again, when we elevate people, authors, speakers, leaders, pastors, we are missing the point, And we're diminishing Christ. Look who Jesus surrounded himself with. Not the rulers and authorities, not the people that were popular, not the princes and kings of the earth, but fishermen, tax collectors, ragamuffins, and others like that. He took everyday people who were sinners in need of grace, and that includes you and me. The Holy Spirit wants to make known the things of Christ to you and me. And the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ by making known those things to each of us. Why does that glorify God? Why does it glorify Christ? Because Scripture is so clear that Christ came because God loves this world. He loves his creation. He loves you, each of you. So by the Holy Spirit making these things of Christ known to us as we journey forward to disciples, it glorifies Christ because it reveals the love of the triune God for each of us. The things of Christ reveal the love of God. So what are the things of Christ? Well, this could be a really long sermon if I go over all of them in depth. <laughs> like a lifetime. The first thing, though, I think is, I'll do some, a few of them. One of the things of Christ is the words of Christ. Our understanding of Scripture is done, is illuminated by the Holy Spirit, so we can understand the words of Christ that we have in Scripture. Another thing is the nature of Christ, that Jesus is fully divine and fully human, fully God, but was also fully human and understood that human experience. That's one of the things of Christ. Another one is the roles of Christ. As Christ speaks the word of God to us, he's a prophet. He intercedes to God on our behalf as a priest. And he rules God's kingdom as the king of kings. The spirit reveals these things to us and makes them known to us. And we can praise God for them. And then finally, the mercy and love of Christ is made known through the spirit to us. And all these things, whatever the spirit shows you, remember he means you personally. You can have these things. They are not to tease you or toy with you. They're for you. It's not like in school when, you know, when I was in school, I shouldn't speak for you, and, you know, you're getting there with some kids and they're showing things they have, like, oh, yeah, look at this. I got this really cool thing. It's just so amazing. You should get one, but you can't have mine. That's not why the Spirit is showing us these things. 
The Spirit is showing us these things to glorify Christ, but so we can have those things, so we can know those things, the love of God, Jesus interceding on our behalf. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal the fullness of who Christ is, so we'll set our eyes on him and not on ourselves. So we'll know more of Christ and honor Christ more with our lives. And Christ is glorified by being shown in us and how we act and how we live and how we pray and how we rest and how we connect with each other. Jesus is glorified through the Holy Spirit working in us as we set our eyes on Christ. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ by showing us the things of Christ and our focus shifting from ourselves and our world's focus on things to setting our eyes firmly on Christ and living the way Christ has called us to with our eyes on Christ. As we live as God's people day by day, choosing to be a part of the kingdom of God, we're choosing not to live the way of the world, but we're glorifying Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit because our eyes are on Christ. And here's the secret. We get to be a part of the work of the Holy Spirit glorifying Christ. Because if the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ by revealing himself to each of us as sinners, as we share Christ with others, the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ by working in their lives. So Holy Spirit works in and through us when we are willing to glorify Christ through sharing our story, our journey, of what Christ has done for us, of who Christ is to us. As we share the love of Christ in word and in action, We see the Holy Spirit at work glorifying Christ and others. And what a beautiful thing that is when that's how the kingdom of God, God works. The Holy Spirit is showing who Christ is, glorifying Christ, raising Christ up to the world. When we follow the Holy Spirit's leading, when we're obedient to the call of Christ, and we live for him, the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus and others come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. We heard a great story about that yesterday. Walter, you shared about an encounter you had at Burger King with a young lady who heard about your marriage of 57 years that honored God in amazing ways. And she was blessed by it. And I believe in that experience the Holy Spirit was glorifying Christ. You don't know who she was or where she is, but God honored your story as you shared it. And the Holy Spirit worked in that. I know there's other stories here. Many stories. And you say, well, it's nothing big, Mike. No. It is big. Because every time the Holy Spirit is at work in us and through us, through our story of Christ at work in us, that's a miracle that we can even have that story. That by the grace of God, we have salvation and a relationship with the triune God, and that's a miracle. And so every little story that we think is insignificant, that's a lie that is insignificant. Because every story of God at work in our life, no matter how big or small, is a testament to the triune God and is a gift to us from God. And that's a miracle. So we don't need to downplay this. The world wants us to, but we shouldn't. We can't. 
Because when we are downplaying the work of God in our life and we're not willing to tell the stories, we're buying into the world's way of doing things and not God's. We're not letting the Holy Spirit glorify Christ through us when we're not willing to share stories of God at work in us. And there's some great stories in this church. I hope you're comforted to know that Christ sent the Holy Spirit to us to glorify himself and through that transform us to be a people who aren't just thankful but ones who can praise the triune God who can know who God is in wonderful ways and continue to grow in that for the rest of our lives getting to know the living God and share that with the world around us thanks be to God And so I hope as we go forward, we remember we have praise and thanksgiving. We have the thanksgiving for what God has done. Yes, yes, and yes. Thanks be to God. But we also praise God for who he is and who he's revealed himself to be. And we take the focus off ourselves. And we put it on the triune God, the living God. And that is a part of our witness in this world a far greater witness than any views we have in these worldly matters, a witness far greater than anything we could create or manufacture ourselves because it's a witness empowered by the Holy Spirit that desires to exalt Christ to all so the world will know the love of God. Please bow with me in prayer. Jesus, thank you for that prayer asking God to glorify you that was answered by the gift of the Holy Spirit that came, that when you ascended, the triune God is still present with us, with the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, glorifying you, helping us grow in our faith, in our relationship with you, but also working through us to share who you are with others. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you, especially in these difficult times when we can get so focused on what we think we know in this world. But all that really matters, Christ, is you. Help us to set our eyes on you in all things, to love you in all things, and to obey your call to love God with all that we are and love our neighbor as ourselves. And through that, may your spirit glorify Christ to the world around us. In your name we pray. Amen.